Hello, this is David Metric, founder of Airbrook One, where we are reimagining how you can book and fly privately. With the big increase in popularity in flying private jets over the past couple of years, it's our hope that our listeners will learn many of the ins and outs of flying private jets. It's a very cool world, tough to break into, so let's get into it. Today, we're welcoming Brian Goodman, former base president at JetLinks and a new member to the leadership team at Airbook One. Welcome, Brian. Thank you so much. It's great to join you all. How are you today? You know, I couldn't be better. Uh, it's been a, a busy fall, and we're getting into the crazy time of the year with uh, travel. So resting up while we can, right? Yeah, perfect. That sounds good. That sounds good. And today's topic is going to be customer relationships, of which... Rumor has it, Brian is a pro. So uh, we're going to get into that. But before we do, I got one question for you, uh, being that you are in private aviation. What is your personal favorite plane you've ever flown on? Probably a Falcon, Falcon 2000. Those are beautiful aircrafts, any any one of them. <laughs> the Falcons are awesome. They're super yeah. sweet. Super, super sweet. Oh, yeah. Um, so. Great. I, I would agree with that. I, I say... Um, my experience has always been on um, Challengers, but um, I've also beautiful. On, yeah, yeah I've, I mean, yeah, I've not been on a Falcon. I've been on a Gulfstream, the Express, but never a Falcon. They look super sweet. They have great, great website too to check them out. Absolutely, the Challenger is like the first real business jet, right? I mean, you know, you you see a Challenger parked on a ramp or a tarmac, and you're like, okay, that's the way to fly. So you know, that that's the way to get in. If if you if you get on those. Um, you're you're hooked. <laughs> totally agree. That's what, that, that's that's actually what happened to me too. Yeah. Um, in the very beginning, eons ago, the Challenger 300. Uh, now we're up to a 600 series now. But in any event, so your background uh, is predominantly marketing, correct? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I spent um, several years in advertising and sports and entertainment marketing, and then got into uh, entrepreneurial sort of serial entrepreneur <laughs> after that. So sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So how did you go from marketing into the private jet charter world? And I know, I believe, I believe I'm correct in this, that you were working marketing as well to some extent at JetLinks. Yes. Yeah. So my role at JetLinks was really to grow the business and grow the, especially the Chicago region. Um, I'd spent the previous 25 years of my career and mainly in partnership marketing, sports marketing, those types of things. But then in the last four or five years, got really into, I started my own company. I started a SaaS platform in the, the data cannabis space, but then moved into a, another program platform that was a children's literacy platform. And coming out of advertising and marketing space, where I'd worked on all kinds of Fortune 100 businesses across the, the country and globe from Procter and Gamble and Kellogg to McDonald's and Allstate and all that type of stuff. I, I, I just, having worked the entrepreneurial thing and, and built up my own businesses myself, I, I recognize that no matter what you're working on and no matter what you're um, selling, it's a widget. So if you put in the business foundations and you, you operate in terms of ways to just push business forward and that structure and that foundation is in place, it really doesn't matter what you're selling. 
And so I was in a space where I got incredibly interested in what that could be and in, in working with, with JetLinks and getting into the private aviation business. And so I was excited that I was able to kind of move into that world in over the past few years. Very cool. That's very cool. Yeah. I guess a similar, a similar story you know, with, with myself, I guess, not, not really from marketing, although sales and marketing, as you know, are tied together. Uh, yeah, we're, it was in uh, real estate working with Fortune 100 companies as well and servicing, you know, C-level clients at the same level, which kind of leads into what I was going to ask you next, is my whole world for 30, some, 30 plus years has been, again, servicing C-level clients, working on their uh, financial models, uh, you know, projection models for expansion, for people hiring, uh, for setting up, you know, different networks around the country. And so it's a, a natural progression from a customer base. When you, when you deal with customers at that level, and then you move into private aviation, obviously, um, I think we say it's always the top 10% or the top 1% of the customers. So they're very particular in kind of what they want, how they want it. And yours and my background is similar from that aspect because we, we kind of worked with those people, so to say. And so when you think about servicing your customer, which is now the passenger, what are some of the top you know, KPIs or some of the top items you think of right away when someone says to you, why is a customer important to you? Why is a passenger important to you? Well, I think first and foremost, just pure communication wise, I mean, to your point, you know, you worked a lot with the C-level executive. Those were my core clients as well. I've worked for a, a high, high-end billionaire entertainer from the hip-hop world prior to starting my own company. So, you know, having worked in sports and, and entertainment, I was used to having conversations with sort of that elite level of financial wealth right. um, along with the, the customer service. So I think, you know, the big thing is, is just having confidence in how you communicate um, and making sure that they know that what you're saying is solid, true, and, and they, can, they can have faith in that. You know, if you're communicating clearly and confidently, then the three things to me that follow is transparency, commitment to their mission, commitment to them and their mission and where they're trying to get and how they're trying to get there. Um, and then I, I think the number one piece to that whole interaction is gratitude and just being appreciative of the business. And, and that's what keeps people coming back or growing or telling their friends and, and so forth. So those would probably be my three top ways to approach any conversation with any, anybody looking to uh, fly in the space. It's interesting. So I, I obviously think in a similar fashion as you, but one thing I have noticed, and, and not just in private in the private jet world, but you have to do what you say you're going to do at the end of the day. Otherwise, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. You know, it's just not how you're successful in life. You have to follow through. And so the communication piece is obviously super important because you need to understand what the customers want, what their expectations are, and then meet or exceed them. That's, you know, the name of the game really in any field, if you will. And what I have found in the private jet world is there's a lot of companies, there's a lot of great companies out there, but there's a lot of companies that say we do A, B, C, D, E, and then you get into it and they don't. And it doesn't really matter why they just don't. And that's the opening from, from my perspective that we saw for Airbook One getting into the business is literally just 
operating at a high level and doing what you say you're going to do. It's not that difficult. Grind it out, get it done. Automate it, get it done. And it's just, I, I don't see that a lot in this world, in the broker side of the jet world, if you will. 100%. And, and that, I think being in the business for the past few years, the biggest surprise I've had is the fact that the wealth that utilizes, you know, these services allow either people to manage their planes or people to book their travel without really questioning much. And as a result, the industry has sort of, you know, it, it, it's got a bit of a shadiness to it. And so, you know, I had a good experience working at Jetlinks and, and I think they ran a really good shop there, but what you're doing here and the transparency involved with Airbook One and how easy it is to get what you need, that's the really appealing thing to this customer. It's like, okay, average customer looking to fly from here to Scottsdale, Arizona, they've got, call it five people, um, and then a dog that they want to get out there and they don't want to, they don't want to stop and, and gas up or anything else. To be able to look at that on the app, have it clearly give you multiple options for different size aircraft so that you can make that trip, you know, even though it's private, if, if you get into the wrong size aircraft for your party, you can, you, it can be kind of miserable <laughs> flying four hours to, you know, from Chicago to Arizona if, uh, if you didn't really think about or have the knowledge of what your plane could be. And the way, the way that Airbook One's able to serve those options up to a customer is incredibly easy to kind of follow. And, and you can kind of see the differences and, and it may be worth a few thousand dollars more to have a, a slightly more room on that plane to allow the dog to sit on its own bed and everybody, you know, kind of stretch their feet out in, in the plane to go from maybe a mid to a super mid or a light to a, you know, a mid, that type of a, a choice makes it a lot easier and a lot more transparent. Whereas in, in the cases of others in the industry, they're trying to force you into the options that they have available to them. Correct. Correct. You know, and that's and that's where it gets really kind of tricky. And when all options are on the table for Airbook One and, and you're not trying to force fit a square peg into a round hole, that makes it much, much easier and and much easier to provide the the proper customer service and the proper experience for that passenger. And it's exciting to kind of see it starting to to work and grow. So when, when you think about the, because we're both talking about it, communications with the passengers, the, the customers, mm -hmm. what do you think is the most effective way to communicate with an existing customer or, an, or someone who you want to become a new customer and reaching out to them? What are the most effective well, ways to do that? They say the, the, the age old sales issue or sales um, approach is customers always right, right? Correct. Absolutely. So, and as much as that is true, that's definitely true when it comes into communication. So everyone's going to have a way they prefer to communicate. You know, as a customer in general, I like to talk to people. However, that can also be cumbersome. So if I can have some sort of combination of an ability to kind of 
search up and research a little bit on my own, ask a few questions, maybe via email, and then finalize something with words to make me more confident and, and have a, an actual conversation with somebody, that would be my choice. And I think that's what you have to do is kind of allow the customer to, to drive what that interaction is. And that's the beauty of, the, of Airbook One. Again, um, you know, your ability to kind of research the, the mission, research the options. Um, if you have a question, hit the button and boom, you're, you're on the phone with, uh, with the concierge team. And then you can make your decisions and ultimately in your profile, decide how you want to be communicated with. So that's what I think is important. I think once you have a customer, you get to understand what their nuances are. Obviously, email is going to be important, but you might be texting somebody at one point. And every once in a while, it's good to just pick up the phone, call the customer and say, hey, just checking in. I wanted to thank you for, you know, your trips with us and, and using us. And, you know, is there anything else that we can do to make your experiences better? And I think a personal phone call conversation like that from the concierge team is always an important piece to the puzzle. So I think all communication is important communication, but you also have to make, make sure you're respecting the wants and needs of the customer personally. Um, and, and, you know, notes in the system and notes on each of them is a, is a way to kind of track that. Yeah. yeah. No, notes I've learned are some of the most important information we, we could hold on to. One funny thing that happened when we're talking about this is our, one of our trips uh, about a week and a half ago, uh, somebody who uh, fully, was fully automated. They went online, they booked their trip. It was a one way. Yep. And they, they didn't give their cell phone number that we had their email. And so they're getting the automated updates or had a flight concierge just emailing, you know, just double checking. It's still three passengers, just whatever other, you know, date of birth and information you need to give the operator, you know, for the itinerary, you know, to, to be set for the trip. And the person never didn't reach out the whole time. They booked about three, three weeks in advance. Yeah. 26 minutes prior to flight time, the passenger, the, the booker, the passenger calls up head of flight concierge and says, Hey, I'm, 25 minutes away or 26 minutes out from my flight. Where do I go? What's the FBO and blah, 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 blah. It was, it was kind of funny. So, you know, I had a concierge, Corey, got it all done. No problem. And, and the passenger had no idea that uh, like the, you know, got all of our emails, didn't really look at them, wasn't focused on it. But then when they were said and done, he said, he made some comment about it was so easy. It was all automated. I just didn't really I didn't think about it. I didn't have to worry about it. And he goes, that was great. But next time, I, in my profile, I put, I put my number in there and you all be able to communicate with me a little better, but it was just, you know, like 25, 26 minutes to go to flight time. He's asking, where do I go? <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the crazy thing. And also the beautiful thing about private aviation, right? So if you're 10 minutes late, you're 10 minutes late, it's your plane. <laughs> so, you know, that, that is a great thing about this type of uh, lifestyle for sure. However, once again, you're, you're leaving it in that customer's hands and they're, you know, they're able to kind of define the communication protocol with them. Um, and it can be a little, you know, it, it probably made you a little bit crazy <laughs> as you're trying to make sure that it you did. have everything in order, but um, it did it also, you know, it did for sure. And what it also did was, is it, it showed us something that we could tweak a little bit. And so now uh, when you're making a booking, uh, that is a requirement to to put in a contact number, if you will. No different than the airlines. I mean, they have your yeah. contact info to get hold of you. But it's not like you can call up 
United American or Delta and say, hey, I'm going to be 20 minutes late. Can you hold the plane for me? Exactly. <laughs> so I agree with you. It's a little, little better in the private world that way. Absolutely, for sure. So awesome combo about customer relationships. It's uh, obviously super important. And again, at the end of the day, I agree with you. It's you know all about communication, setting expectations, understanding what the customer needs and exceeding those, and then delivering on the back end. And it sounds simple. It really is simple. I think a lot of companies make it harder than it needs to be, if you will. Yeah. So, so when you were at JetLinks, I'm curious, because I talked to a couple of your colleagues there and they, they glowing, glowing reviews all across the board. One person asked me to ask you what your favorite daily task was when you worked yeah. at Jet, JetLinks. I just want to see if it matches up with what I was told. <laughs> well, for me, probably with teams, I like to implement sort of the processes of the Rockefeller habits, which you know, it's the whole idea that more meetings are better, but your meetings shouldn't be more than a few minutes long. And so we had, and they, they did this company wide too, but it was something that I'd always done in past lives already, uh, a daily huddle. And the daily huddle set the day, right? It was, if anything went wrong yesterday, what went wrong? What's going on today? And, you know, are we prepared for it? And then what do we have coming tomorrow? And, and that's it, you know? So it's like, we got to fix this, prepare for this and get things set up for the next day of business. But the thing that I always liked about that is you went through every booking and, and every, every flight that was coming that day. And so you knew who was coming. You had the conversation. Okay. We know they like X, Y, and Z in their planes. We know this is a type of thing, or we weren't able to fulfill the plane that they like, but you know, this is the next best thing. And, you know, hands up, be ready. You might have a complaint about, you know, not having that, that type of aircraft available for them. So it's that, it's that type of stuff is to be able to be prepared for each of the missions that day and, and be on it. And then, you know, sort of get out ahead of the day of the next day. And again, it was five, 10 minutes every morning and, and quick and, and move on it. Well, shockingly, you got that right. I was told the, the daily huddle meetings. <laughs> yeah. I, so I, there I you think, go. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a great place to really just make sure that the whole team's on, on the same page. And that's the tricky part of this business too. Most customers, they only see, you know, 99% of them only see the pilots. And in Airbook One, and frankly, at JetLinks and most places, those pilots don't work for the company. They're managed by some third-party uh, right. aircraft management company. Mm -hmm. So if, if the only interaction with the customer is with somebody that doesn't actually represent Airbook One or JetLinks or whomever, you know, then you got to make sure that everything leading up to that experience and everything following that experience is on point. That's dead on. That's dead. On. And actually, one of the pe people I talked to said you like to go onto the airplanes prior to the flights wherever it went when you were you know at, at home at your home base and talk to the pilots prior. Yeah. And now I know. And now I know why. That's interesting. It's actually a good thought process for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate your uh, coming on here and talking about customer relationships and relations and how you look at it. It's very interesting. I do have one more final question for you. Sure thing. What was your I don't want to say best trip, but maybe favorite trip you went on just, you know, family trip or work trip, private aviation, a plus, if you've done it that way, if not, not a big deal. Travel's always fun. You know, I'm close to 50 and married 20 years now, but my wife and I used to 
when we were dating would go to the mountains two or three times a winter and then started doing it in the summer as well. So living here in Chicago, it's super flat. Oh, yeah. I, I, I start jonesing for the mountains all the time. <laughs> and so any trip, you know, out West, whether it be uh, Colorado or, or California or Utah um, into the mountains is, is a good trip for me. So that's my world. That's the, that's what I love. We get, get this thing rolling and we just go virtual from the mountains for me. <laughs> I, I love that. I, I used to, before I was having some back issues, I used to ski about four or five times a year. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking to get back into that. So I'm with you there. I'd love to, love to, to work for the mountain somewhere. would be really phenomenal. Absolutely. Super All right. Well, thanks again, Brian. Again, this was uh, Brian Goodman, former base president. JetLinks is there a website or any way if you want people to reach out to talk to you. Yeah, you can catch me on LinkedIn or on through Airbook One now. All right, great. Excellent. Thanks again, Brian. We'll talk to you soon. All right. You have a great one. Thank you. Thank you all for joining the Jetmetric podcast today. We hope you all learned a little, maybe became a bit smarter, and maybe, just maybe, you're now at Jet Center, or at least on your way to be. The Jetmetric podcast is brought to you by Airbook One, where booking private jet charters has never been easier with guaranteed pricing, a high-end flight concierge team, and a super cool app. Check out Airbook One at www.airbookone.com and on both the Apple app and Google Play stores. This podcast can be found at www.jetmetricpodcast.com and of course, at the Airbook One homepage. Have a great day. And until next time on the Jetmetric Podcast, read, learn, and fly. See y'all later. <laughs>